choo-choo. Camping at its best. Opening guitar riff by Mike. Awesome. Cardas. Linville Falls, North Carolina, early October 2020. Trying to escape COVID in the mountains, 3,500 feet. I was going to say square feet, but we're not measuring dimensions. No. I'm here with Aaron Bowles, who is our guest today on Beyond My Day Job, as we sit in the middle of the woods at a private campground. We've been getting rained on. Lots of rain. Two X, two point X days of rain. Hurricane Delta came by with its perimeter or peripheral dumping and gave us so could be worse. We could have been in the Gulf, but no, we're here in the mountains, so that's okay. Delta um, does offer free perks. Still. <laughs> it does. Delta offer free perks. No mask required here in the woods. That's right. Okay, so on this episode of Beyond My Day Job, we're going to talk about mountain summits because, as I mentioned, my guest, Aaron Bowles, he's done a few. So, first of all, how many mountains, Aaron? Um, lots of mountains, but if we just count 14,000-foot mountains, five. Five. Five summits. Five summits, all in the U.S.? Yes. Okay. All in the U.S. All right. So, a little bit of quick background. You don't have to name your employer and whatnot, but what do you do for your day job? Um, in the automotive industry, um, quality engineering, field quality engineering. All right. So, when you're not doing engineering stuff, you're usually outdoors? Yes. I love being outside. <laughs> That's where I come alive. Yes, he does. I can attest. <laughs> If you could only see our campsite, ladies and gentlemen, we have the most awesome trapezoidal awning over our, well, my tent and picnic table. But It really is a masterpiece. It, it quite is. Aaron saved us because he found a big, tall stick that served as the centerpiece for a teepee, and it has made the entire weekend. But we're here to talk about 14,000 plus summits. Five, yes. five, at, five at count, you say? Yes, they call them fourteeners. Fourteeners in it? the uh, in the industry. In the industry, <laughs> <laughs> are you a bona fide member of the outrigger <laughs> community? Uh, yes, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Okay. Unofficially. All right. So uh, rattle them off. What are the five? Um, so actually, my first one was. Um, Mount Whitney in California, which is the, the tallest one in the continental United States. So every, everywhere except for Alaska. What part of California, roughly? Uh, eastern part of California. Okay. Um, the middle part okay. area. All right. Um, Not Los Angeles. Yeah. No, more like <laughs> uh, Fresno. Okay. Yeah. Bakersfield, yes. kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Where the heavy agriculture, a lot of lettuce is grown in yeah. that part of the state. Yes, All right. Sierra Nevada mountain range. Got it. 
that was your first one that was, that was my first one yeah i just went for it i just went for it so that one you had to actually get a permit to go up um and i went up with my high school friend and his dad wow that was there, there are these large pods of seeds leaves we don't know what they are but they fall like a rock and lord help us if they hit either the hot coffee in my lap and splash on me or Aaron in the head this interview will just be done because these things fall rapidly and hard so yeah he just got hit okay they just fall whenever they want you know on out yeah. nature we're, we're taking a risk here you know on That's site right. we are a guest in nature's home yes. right now so you were hiking with your one of your high school friends and his dad. Yeah, so uh, so we went out and just went for it. So we backpacked. Um, this is my first time backpacking. Also carrying all my gear it was. Uh, we camped two nights. We camped halfway up, summited the next day, and camped halfway down, and then came down the next day. It so what do you remember seeing when you got to the summit? Uh wow, it was really cold. The sky was very blue. How cold? Roughly. Um, it was it was in the thirties. What time of year was this? Middle of the summer. Okay. Middle of the summer, yeah. Right. It was the warmest part of the year. So y'all can't see this, but Lonnie's coffee <laughs> just got a leaf right in it. He, Two points. He loves it. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, the, the summit, Mount Whitney, um, I'm not going to lie. It was uh, It's a little tough at the top when you get to the altitude. I don't know if you've heard of altitude sickness or not, but get very lightheaded it's very hard to breathe um, you have to take like th three times the breaths that you normally would when you're at normal elevation um, so you breathe a lot harder and you're going up so you're working really hard and you're carrying a bunch of stuff with you so I might have left some of my lunch on the mountain <laughs> left it all I left it there I heard a motivational speaker she was part of uh set of women she was for a sales conference that i attended and she said they were sponsored by ford explorer which okay. was pretty cool and she and all the other women all had heart defects oh wow and they were almost to the summit of everest Ooh. unbelievable and um i got hit again <laughs> maybe that was a raindrop i think there was just splash so this thing is like dead center hitting my cup from like, you know, whatever, thousands of feet above us. And she said that they would take a step and count to 15, take another step. And breathe. And so breathe. They can breathe in between. Yep. But wow. she said, you know, between us and the summit was less than a football length. Mm. They were watching the weather coming in in real time. They didn't make it. They had turned around because the weather wow. system. But she said just the breathing and they had oxygen support. But it was step 15, step 15, and real slow. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't quite like that for me. It was just um, steady steps. And uh, it, mainly it's a mental game at that point because physically you get tired and you're breathing hard. Um I know that my body can handle it, but then there's mentally you hit a wall. Every 14, 14 or I've done, you hit a wall, and you you just have to mentally tell yourself, "All right, I'm gonna do this. No <laughs> turning back." Um, so yeah, okay. it was it was good. There was that one. There was barely any snow that I had to encounter for that one because it was the middle of the summer. Most of it was melted. So what was the terrain like, really? Uh, once you get above the tree line, it's very 
It's very rocky, um, just gravel. There's a trail that's marked out. We weren't the only ones. I mean, there's people going up um, in front of you. We weren't the first ones to the top. Um, what time so, of day was the summit? So with these kind of mountains, you want to summit before noon because afternoon is when storm systems move in on the mountains typically, just the way the, the environment is up there. Okay. So you always want to summit and be heading down before noon hits. Are we um, talking snow or rain or both? Or? Uh, clouds, rain, okay. snow, mostly a lot of snow, but wind. Wind is the big factor. Okay. Uh, but any kind of moisture that will happen. If it's cold, it'll be snow or rain if it's warmer, but mainly these clouds and wind. Okay. Um, so every single one of them always trying to get up and down before that or be heading down before noon. So that one I think we probably summited around 11. We were kind of pushing it. So how many hours from when you left base um, camp to summit? So, well, from base camp, the first day we, we hiked probably six hours to our camp. And then the, the, we camped. And then from the morning that we summited, we left our camp uh, around daylight time. So maybe that was around six at that point. So six to so about five hours okay. up. All right. Uh, and five hours down. All right. And I was at the top of that one for a while. I actually got there before my friend and his dad. And I was up there. That, I think that's why I left some of my lunch. Because I was up there for probably an hour, over an hour at the summit. Um, just kind of hanging out, waiting for them to make it. Because they didn't know if they were going to make it. Uh. Uh, my my uh, friend has struggled with asthma. And so he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to, wow. to make it or not. But he wanted me to continue on. So And then his dad told me the same thing. So they sat down to rest and... Um, I just kept going, I guess. How, you couldn't communicate with each other, right? No. So no, if no they weren't service. coming up, you didn't know to wait exactly. for them? Exactly. We arranged that if I, if, if I made it, that I would just pass them on the way down. Okay. That they would wait for me Okay. Um, at a certain area. Got it. So it's so one way up, one way down. <clears throat> but, yeah, it was quite an experience. There was a little shack on the top of that one, I forgot. And there's a, there's a book inside where you could sign your name. It's kind of cool. Party story. Get some, you know, yeah, yum there yums. Was a, yep. If you need to refill your bubble gum, <laughs> um, cookies, co chocolate chip cookies by the dozen. By the dozen. Coming out of the oven warm. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're just kidding right now. But <laughs> That's there sarcasm was a... for those of you who, uh, you know, don't quite catch that. Sorry, Sheldon's of the world for Big Bang Theory. <laughs> sarcasm. So, yeah, there was a, there was a man-made, it was a shack built out of wood, though, so somebody had to carry that stuff up there, so that was kind of surprising, but... We don't typically have Sherpas here in North America for these mountain summits. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. Not like a you know, Nepalese else. Sherpa to, you know, hoof your uh, coffee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, that was a, it was a fun experience. So, like I said, that was my first 14er. And Tell me the mountain for the again, tallest for one. everyone's benefit again, listening, that uh, mountain number one was? Mount Whitney. Mount Whitney. Mount Whitney. All right. Yeah, and it's, uh, I wish I could quote the exact height for you, but it's like 14,500 maybe, okay. something. Uh, all of those mountains that are above 14,000 feet, they're they're all within 1,000 feet of each other, because I don't think there's any over 15. They're, they're all pretty close to each other, unless you're talking about um, Alaska, which is... Uh, Mount McKinley, McKinley which right. is mm, close to 20,000, I think. Denali's Den lower 48 or in Alaska as Denali well? Denali is Alaska. Okay. Yeah, it's actually the same. Denali National Park, I think it is. Okay. Is Mount McKinley. All right. 
Um, so yeah, that one, that one's on my list. But that one's always very snowy, and typically you have to have a. I think you have to have a guide Got to it. get a permit for that one okay. to go up there. But we'll see so, if that happens. So your second summit. Second summit was actually my second and third happened the same day. Oh, <clears throat> show off. Yeah. Uh, so this was in Colorado. Um, I did Gray's and Tory's Peak, which are the entry-level 14ers out there. Um, <laughs> entry I guess you level. would say entry-level, yeah. Mainly because you can do the one, and then within an hour or two, you can be to the second one. Okay. So I did all of them. Round trip was maybe 16 miles hiking. So from the summit of one, from Gray's, yep. you could then you go, go down to, a little bit and uh, then up again. Got it. Um but you can do that and then head back down to the same trail. The trailhead is the same, mm. I guess, the entry trailhead. Got it. So you're parking. So it's it's an makes sense hike. to do both. Yeah. Um, that one that one was, was fun. Um, I'm trying to remember. That one definitely not snowy. I think it was in the maybe August. Okay, same another was a summer. Midsummer hike, yeah. Yeah. And I started quite early on that one. Um, maybe four AM to get up there so Ever I was Everest hikes are in yeah, there That's I was the up and down I was down by noon all the way down to the trailhead off of both of those summits yeah I summited probably around 9 9 a.m. you were by yourself I was by myself um, but there were other people out hiking but I right. was hiking by myself your party was solo yeah but every summit I've been to there's been people come up behind me, so you like pictures and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so I've never been at the summit completely by myself the whole time. So what's the selfie culture like on the summits here? Oh, it's it's strong. It's a strong <laughs> game up there with <laughs> selfies, for sure. Really? Um, yeah, I I always offer if I can take the take a picture for somebody else because that's just how I grew up before selfie sticks and everything were. A thing. <laughs> um, so I always offer if I can take pictures for people, and and I have asked. Obviously, in return, right. can you take my picture? <laughs> so, what are you wearing? So, what did you wear when you did the ones in Colorado? Yeah. So, um, actually, these pants and these boots actually All right. have been to the top of four out of five of these. It's got brown boots and gray gray pants. Yep. There you go. Pretty basic. Um, so, yeah, the hiking just hiking pants, hiking boots, um, REI specials. Thank you, REI. You're welcome, REI. I'll yep. charge you for the endorsement later, folks. <laughs> Um, and I usually use a base layer and then a mid layer and you always want to make sure you have a, I have a packable rain layer, rain jacket. So base layer I, is right on your skin. Exactly. Yeah. Mid layer is long sleeve and then a mid layer, like a looser, try not to wear cottons. Cottons when they get wet and you sweat are miserable. Get cold. So you want to wear a lot of the hybrid materials. Marina wools. And, yep. Yeah. Wools are good. And then the polyesters and things like that. Okay. Um, so I, I usually layer up because when you start super early in the morning, even at, you know, even at the base camps, you're still at cooler temperatures, uh, but then you heat up because you're active and you sweat, but then you, it starts to get even cooler at the top. So you want to be able to put more layers on. So I have a packable raincoat as well as a, like a puffy jacket to hold um, in the body heat. Yep. To add, to add layers. And I always have a wool cap that I wear. Okay. Um, gloves are essential. I take usually take hand warmers with me okay. in case I need to use those. Um, hiking sticks, crampons. So only hiking sticks, only the Mount Whitney one because somebody let me borrow them. Okay. Uh, every other summit I've done haven't had hiking sticks. No crampons. Um, although this most recent one I've done is the one I've cut it the latest in the season. 
and there was actually snow, <laughs> unanticipated snow that I had to encounter, and crampons and hiking sticks would have been nice, but I just willed myself through it, <laughs> scrambling up <laughs> mountain snow snow shelves, I guess they'd call them. Okay. Um, but I grew up in the snow belt, so I know how to handle snow a little right. bit. Yes, yeah. native Ohioan. Yes. Okay, so summit number four. Yes, so that was two and three. Summit number four was Long's Peak. Long's Peak. Long's Peak, so also in Colorado, uh, very close to Boulder, uh, Rocky Mountain National Forest. Uh, this is one of the more, I'd say this is the most challenging rated one that I've done. Um, the, uh, the Still yeah, over 14,000. Still over 14,000, yeah. They call it, at least uh, what I had heard it called was the Widowmaker. Oh, great. It's dangerous. Uh, an average of one person a year falls and dies from it. Don't do that, folks. It'd be very bad for the National Park Services report. Yeah. Um, I'm here to attest that I was not that one. <laughs> um, just so you know. So it's perfectly safe from my standpoint. But I did have to do some what they call scrambling on your on the hands and knees, mm. like all fours. Um, points where there were other people, um, it was very cute, some couples, the guy had the girl roped to him, so if she fell, they could both fall together, apparently. Ah, uh, it's like those, <laughs> those hawks that entangle in and they do the death spiral. Yes. And then yeah. they break away at the last minute. I would, yeah, myself, I was not tethered to anyone, so, <laughs> again, I did that one by myself, too. Um, I passed many people, and, um, but... Don't worry, I didn't see anyone else fall, so it was okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one, it, it, I was actually surprised that people were able, were free to choose to do it uh, at their own risk. Because I'm not going to lie, I, I thought it was fairly risky. Uh, I trust my abilities, I do a lot of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was a little bit nerve-wracking hmm. watching the other people. Got it, got go it. Up in front of me. Okay. Um, so Yeah. There's no guardrails, no, no ropes, no chain, yeah. no... It's not like the trails where it says, please stay on trail. It's, uh, it's all up to you. Up to you. Make your own path. That's right. Trail you just, rated. You just kind of follow the people in front of you to kind of get an idea. After you do a few of them, you can kind of understand, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go this way. Because once you get up so high, there's only so many ways to go if you want to go up. So you just go that way. Um, but a lot of keyholes and things like that they talk about um a keyhole is keyhole is like an area where you would go kind of be a skinny area of a rock where you transition from like a front to a back side of a mountain okay um and so in that particular in long's peak you go through a keyhole it's one of the transition points and one of the milestones during the the hike and uh, a lot of people there's actually a little hut built into the stone to get out of the weather conditions oh, there wow. and you can look out to the whatever direction it is. I think you look to the east, and then when you go to the keyhole, you're then on the back side of the mountain, and you're kind of in a un, what they say an unshielded area, which is basically you're just scurrying across um, a like sheer face. drop. Oh. Yeah. And, um, mm. yeah, I actually encountered a guy who was up there, and he, you could tell he was a little nervous about the heights, and he actually had to turn back. Oh. I'd say he was maybe only uh, 45 minutes from the top at that point. Oh, my God. Uh, but he just couldn't handle it anymore, and so he, he, he was kind of in front. He just kind of froze and just stopped. And I asked him, like, "You all right?" And he said, "I, I can't handle it anymore." So he turned around, wow, went back. Um, so yeah, it's it's no joke up there. And you're not like 
doing this with a map in your hand going, oh, let's see, yeah. you know, here's the keyhole that they marked on this rustic map. So I, and, I kind of research before I go each one, and there's people who have gone before, and there's sometimes there's photo, people have taken photos of their journey and the excursion. They've blogged about it or things like that. Um, and I kind of look at some of the, the key areas and kind of get a, I'm a very visual person, so I can kind of get a map idea in my head. And then I just kind of know, all right, I'm, I'm going to know about where I'm going to go. Here's like some of the milestones along the way. Here's going to be the difficult parts, things like that. And other than that, it's just you and the other people up there. And mm. it's very much a culture of like help each other out. Um, unless, you know, somebody's afraid of heights, I can't really help them right. with that, right. that fear that's their own. Um, I guess demon that they have to conquer. <laughs> but, oh. yeah. I would not say I'm afraid of heights. So in general, it doesn't bother me. Um, for myself right now in other in, for other people i would be nervous i guess because yeah yeah it's, it's one of those control things i guess yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah so long's peak that was my long's my peak, fourth Colorado. one and i'd say the probably the riskiest one i've done okay um yeah and that was uh when was it? that was that was 2019 actually okay it was last, so last summer last summer all right last summer and then uh early fall 2020 yeah so the most recent one was Mount Elbert, which is the highest point in Colorado, uh, the highest point in the Rocky Mountain National Park. <clears throat> so that one, again, for over 14,000 feet. I'm not sure the exact um, height, but like I said, they're all within a couple hundred, few hundred feet of each other. Um, not much higher than Long's Peak, but the technical things were less uh, challenging for Mount Elbert, uh, except for the point where I ran into the snow. Um, they, they, Did you uh, expect it? No, they got their snow early. It had, I went in September, and they got their first snow on Labor Day weekend. This was in the news. They had early snowfall. Yep. Denver was Yep, Denver, okay. Colorado Springs. And most of it melted because it got warm again. But Mount Elbert is in the back range, so it's, it's back there where it's a little more shielded. Um, and so it did not, all the snow did not melt. Um, at the base trailhead it was fine and then as i started getting higher i started realizing more more snow and um passing people that i saw carrying crampons which is the little spikes you attach to your your hiking boots uh in the case of ice or snow giving okay. traction i don't own those um, so it didn't have them with me um you're not quite the free solo guy that uh you know <laughs> no i'm just winging it you know just hoping a prayer you know in a in a day pack in a day full pack. of water lots of water um and how much of, water how much water? I have a uh, three-liter camel camelback. Camelback, yeah. Thank you, camelback. You're welcome, They're camelback. Very, very good. Um, and then I also bring um, a few extra bottles of water just in case. Uh, and then I bring um, energy like goo, yeah, goo packs yep. with some caffeine in them and yep. some electrolytes, things like that. Okay. Take away the caffeine headaches and the and the dehydration because i even though i take the water with me i don't typically drink it all because <laughs> i get nervous that i'll run that, out that'd be me yeah yeah but i definitely have a lot so the i don't know the pack i carry is probably the day pack maybe 25 pounds okay. when i start in all the morning right. with everything in it uh, obviously i talked about the different layers and things like that too that i take um, so yeah so i started early in the morning that one i started four between four and four thirty a.m and um, started going up, passed some people, encountered the snow, and I just 
they, there's a thing called false summits when you're when you're hiking mountains, which is when you're hiking up the trail, you get past the tree line, you can see most everything above you. Well, it looks like maybe oh that's the top right there, and oh. then you get there and you realize it's your field of view. You couldn't see the top, but you, what you thought was the top is not actually the top, and then you can see the next summit. Well, this in particular one had three false summits, so that meant at, there was three times that you thought that's the top but then you get there and it's not the top. Does that mess with your head? It does. It is very much a mental thing. But I, again, I researched, and so I knew there was at least a couple of false summits. So I, uh, I just prepared mentally that I would have that. But I was you know, still hopeful that I had already passed those false summits and that this was the actual summit, and yeah. it wasn't. So there were some areas where I just saw just sheer snow shelf, and I saw a bunch of footprints up it. I'm like, ah, that's where I got to go, and... So some of them, there was a couple times I slipped a good five or six feet backwards. I just dug in my hands and Ugh. grabbed the snow. Um, so like, just okay, so going. just project, if you were to continue slipping, what was the real estate behind you? Best case, a lot of bruises. Worst case, I wouldn't have cared. I we guess wouldn't I, be would, here I wouldn't be telling you about the bruises. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there was not a lot of real estate. It would have been snow onto the large jagged rocks. Um, you know, maybe I would have stopped myself. I okay. don't know. They weren't sheer, sheer cliffs. They were inclines Got um, behind me. But, yeah. So I, I, Some of them I was able to go sideways and kind of get off around the snow. Uh, but there were a couple I had to just go straight up and just go for it. <laughs> just really dig your feet in. Um, use that the concept of going up a hill with your snow skis on, yeah. you know, walk sideways yeah. and dig your feet in, um, which I'd seen before and kind of heard about. So I utilized that and it, it worked pretty well. So you start about four four thirty in the morning. Yeah, and I I was at the top, uh, eight thirty a.m. maybe. Okay. And I was the first one. This is the first time I've ever been to the top a summit first, because there was nobody on the way up that I saw coming down. And when I got there, there was nobody at the top. And uh, it was just me and the summit for 45 minutes. Oh. It was amazing. Um, the most calm and peaceful summit I've ever had. Blue huh. sky, not hardly a breeze at all. Uh, I'd say it was maybe 45, 50 degrees, full sun though. So Great. it was pretty warm because yeah. you, you figure you're close to the sun. You're yeah. three miles closer to the sun than sea level. Um, so I was able to take off a lot of my outer layers and just kind of enjoy the sun and just kind of sit there and yeah. ponder life. <laughs> It was great. You said you were there about 45 minutes? Yeah, and then uh, the next people, for the next people that were behind me made it up. It was a younger couple. So I offered to take their photo, and I let them have the mountain to themselves. <laughs> Headed back Sharing down. Sharing nature. That's right. That's right. It was, uh, it was a great experience. And I always, uh, at the top of all those mountains, there's a geological marker. It's a circular mm -hmm. medallion yeah, thing. Like that's a bronze yep. type of thing. Yeah, that they, like the U.S., Geological, geological services, service, yeah. yeah, they implant them in the rock. Yeah, so I always get a photo of that. That's cool. Um, so I can talk, document it. Um, so yeah, and then headed back down. What about any of your trips down? I've always, well, I've read one book on Everest where deaths occur mostly down because they're tired and people let their guard down. They think it's easier coming down, but, you know, they've got gravity going against them. So any, yeah. any oh dear moments so, coming down? So I'll, I'll contrast it by telling you the going up part primarily is heavy breathing because I don't live at altitude. Um, I live fairly close to sea level in general, so I'm not used to altitude. So 
I, I have to I do breathe more and it, it's it's tiring for me for sure going up so going all the way up I'm usually panting for three to four hours straight um, but I just go slutty, steady pace and just go for it uh, but your muscles get very sore so it's very much muscles on the way up your legs your thighs your calves um, stabilizing your ankles things like that mm. so very much muscles and breathing cardio so on the way down though breathing is super easy like I don't ever feel like I'm panting or anything on the way down okay. um, my muscles are tired because I've worn them out coming up so stabilizing yourself every step down like your gravity's pushing you so you're catching yourself every time instead of actually pulling yourself up you're you're Re catching with impact back. yeah so then your joints if you when your muscles are tired you tend to not uh, hold yourself steady so your joints take more impact so if you're not careful the combination of that if your joints are not super good and your muscles are now fatigued and you just want to get down so mentally you're like oh, i went out of here and if you have a headache because the altitude sickness or something like that and you probably haven't been drinking enough so there's a lot with it and i think that's why coming down okay i would i would definitely say i hit a wall coming down where i'm like okay i'm ready to be i really to want to be now. done <laughs> i want to be back to my car now because uh, I'm ready, but I would say on, as far as far as timing, I usually get down in about not necessarily half the time, but a little over half the time it takes me to get up. Okay. So go down almost twice as All fast. Right. So. Um, huh. Yeah, you have to be careful. Every step is, especially this most recent one, Mount Everett, coming down some of that snow. Like I said, you got to really dig your feet in um, to the snow. And Do you take the same path? Like, are you consciously looking for the same path trail. Okay. Yeah, so you typically do, and when you're coming down, you're usually, if you get there early, most of the people are still coming up. So you can see, when you're on your way down, their footsteps. you're watching the people come up. And so you can kind of, you just aim, you just say, okay, person, Go where they are. next person, follow them. And, um, and yeah, I like I said, I'm a very visual person. I, I remember my route up, even though, you know, you maybe cover... 12 to 15 miles like visually you kind of document it in your head and you know dude i lose my car in the grocery store parking lot <laughs> yeah but when you're when you're 14,000 feet in the air there's not much else going on <laughs> but like you're at the point you're like do i go a little you know 12 degrees to the right am i going you know, well in that in that case there's a lot of areas where you can choose um and what i do is my i just avoid the most risky path Anything that is less than most risky, I'll choose that. Um, okay, so that's so, always eliminating. At yeah, the and moment. typically the path is beaten in that way, so you can kind of see where rocks have been kind of wrestled, and because yeah. you figure there's people coming up and down most of the most days. Um, so I've never had trouble where I've gotten lost on a trail, um, but I should tell you uh, when I start in the morning, as you can imagine, it's dark and um, I have to wear a headlamp, so yes. it's dark. It's me. I can't see anything other than just this light beam oh. on the trail. So you hear noises, you hear waterfalls, like all kinds of streams, very like nature noises. And you're like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to keep going where the trail is. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably without markers again. No yeah. trail markers. Typically, no... from the trailhead though, it's you're in the tree line, and so it's beaten. It's a beaten path in the dirt. It's got a, yeah, it's by the time covered. I get out of the tree line, typically the sun has started to rise, and I can kind of see. All right. I can kind of guess and see about where the trail would go. Okay. 
I don't know. I maybe take some of it for granted. Just it just kind of comes to me. It just looks like yeah, that's that's where I go. <laughs> I go up. It's <laughs> the beauty about going up a summit. You just keep going just up. Go up, yeah. False summit or real one. Just keep going just to that keep, point. Yep. Just keep going. Just one foot in front of the other. Many a motivation in the desert have been drawn from oasis that didn't exist. That's right. <laughs> mirage. That's right. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. So yeah, coming down, I never never really have had any trouble finding my way down. Okay, so since we were inadvertently doing our branding, uh, you know, name dropping, so give us the brands of your gear and wear. Just rattle off, think for a minute, what are the logos that are seeing these summits with you? Um, my, my day pack is Deuter, okay. I think is how you pronounce it. Um, it's been really good to me. Like I said, it's a three liter hydration pack. Um, oh, I said Camelback earlier, didn't I? I'm, you did. I apologize, Camelback and Deuter. Sorry, Camelback, yeah. not. Sorry. Well, apparently Camelback is branded well. That's <laughs> it's our mountain bike What here. I think about, yeah. <laughs> um, my shoes are uh, actually the same brand as you, so how would you pronounce that? Vosk. Vosk. V-A-S-Q-U-E. Yeah. And I enjoy them. These exact ones have been to the top of four out of five of those summits, like I said. Uh, yeah. And I just bought my new pair, same brand, All newer right. version, and they uh, they took me up Mount Elbert um, a, f a couple months ago. Okay. So, yeah, I enjoy that brand so much I got them, got them again. Um, <laughs> let's see, what are the brands? Um, your pants. Oh, they're the, the Dunham Special. I have Perfect. no clue. Dunham's what. is a Midwest sporting goods store. Yeah, they were maybe twenty dollars. So you don't need whatever no. High Sierra, Teflon, Kevlar, Maximum Gluteus protective pants. No, you don't. Um, I think my socks typically REI. Okay. Smart. Uh, well, not smart. REI wool. Yeah. wool socks. Marina wool. Um, with liners. Usually like a silk liner, mm. uh, thin thin liner. So it gives you no blisters. That's right. Yeah, that is that is key. Actually, I've yet to get a blister on any of these hikes. That's impressive. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot of other brands. I guess maybe my base layers are Under Armour. Under Armour. Um, Columbia, mid uh, Columbia outer layer. Uh, REI. One of my jackets is REI. One of the mid layer like insulation layers I use. Um, yeah, that's, that's all the brands I can really think of. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So last question, advice to people considering what's the club again that you're part of? The Fort, what, what do they call them? The 14er club. The 14er club. Yeah. And just, just to throw, just to, so you know, uh, to give you a perspective, I think in Colorado alone, there's 50 plus 14, right, 14 or summits. Really? Yeah, and in the in the country, hmm, I don't. There's a lot, over sixty for sure. Maybe there's over sixty in Colorado. Okay. I don't know, um, but there's definitely people out there in the club where they are trying to do every single Get one. Check the list on all of them. Wow. Yeah, and I would say I don't have that desire. I would like to keep doing as many as I can. Um, and then I'd say the tallest one that's actually on my list, bucket list, is is actually Mount McKinley. McKinley. I think that would be interesting. The snow, very deterring to me. Um, that's why I left the north yeah. to move towards the south. We both left the north to, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that one's on my list. And then in Europe, if there's some good ones over there, Matterhorn. I, I have zero desire to do Everest, Or honestly. K2. Or, or K2, yeah. yeah, some of those ones that are real high. I, 
yeah. talking 25, 28, 30,000 Yeah, feet. yeah, those are, that's... Those are impressive. I, I will say, I don't train for any of these things I do. It's just more of a well, Let me just drop that in. I don't train yeah. these. I, I jog up in my uh, New Balance and change it into my boots <laughs> and uh, just go on up. And uh, Yeah, I'm just out there on vacation, and I just say it's... That I'm is usually. Mountain. You're not like, I'm going out to this mountain. You, you're there for other stuff. Yeah, usually, I right? have a... Uh, my sister and her husband live uh, lived in Denver. Now they live in Colorado Springs. So I have a good launching point. Um, and they always laugh at me because every time I go, they say I'm there to climb a mountain, just hang <laughs> Not out to with visit. them. Not to visit. Yeah, <laughs> you're but using always, them. Yeah, but I always, I'm always hanging out with them at least a couple, two or three days, and then I, I do the mountain summit on the last day. Which, also, advice is do not fly to Denver, and the next day or that day go up into the mountains and try to summit a oh, fourteen thousand foot mountain. Okay. You can do it, but it makes it way more challenging, and you probably will get elevation so sickness especially acclimate. if you're flying from sea level your points to acclimate say yeah. a few days at that altitude so, yep, i always fly in and usually it's with about three days after i've been there about two or three days then i go up a summit okay so i think it's that's been a key to my success okay so last thing just for the fun of it for those of you who don't appreciate why altitude gives you headaches or whatever so it's kind of a basic from a physics engineering thing so the air is thinner Yes. So it takes oxygen, more right? effort to get what your body needs for good oxygen. Yeah. Yep. So maybe three breaths to get the same amount of oxygen as one breath at sea level. So like if we're boiling water, will it take longer to boil that water at higher altitudes? I need it takes more a heat. different amount of time, yes. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> and alcohol, I believe, affects you differently huh. at altitude also. Okay. So you don't have like a flask of, you know, schnapps on you as you're doing no, these summits? No, I don't no. take alcohol to the top. Although Long's Peak, I definitely saw quite a few people at the summit. Um, they had coolers in their backpacks, and they that was what they wanted to go up there so they could cheers and have a beer and crack a cold one. And that's what they did to celebrate the summit. Wow. It was amazing that I saw that. <laughs> it's the last thing that I wanted to do when I got to the top. Yeah. Is, yeah. I needed a Gatorade or something. Right. <laughs> and some electrolytes, please. Yeah. Chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that yeah. is great. I didn't know that about you, about that many 14,000 plus. I knew. I remember over the years you talking about, you know, yeah, I went to this, but just I didn't know this was kind of yeah. a regular thing. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I like being out there um, just hiking by myself, being part of nature, um, and seeing the sunrise from a mountain, going from like the darkness of, of stars uh, in the sky to then the sunrise. I always, I'm always, uh, not gonna lie, I'm stopping to take pictures it's as it's rising. It's, it's God's work at hand, man. It's, yeah, there's just something about being from a high point and looking out over things, and yeah, yeah, I kind of have this uh, this motto that I've I've put on uh, pictures and things before about it's just seek heights you know <laughs> go higher wherever go you're high. at yeah. air force now hanging out in the woods i'm like oh, what's over what's over that hill right there let's go check it out <laughs> or if i'm climbing trees i think you yes. know that about me too i yep. like to climb trees i'm always trying to go up up in the air so part primate yeah i think i was born to be at altitude <laughs> all right um Anything else you want to share about these climbs that I haven't asked? 
nothing that I can think of. But I would encourage you to, if you want to do it, go out and start hiking. Even if you go out and you're just hiking a little bit, you don't have to summit a mountain the first time, but try it. Go out, hike, just enjoy the enjoy nature, the sounds, take it all in, and just... Uh, I was on cue almost, that bird. Yeah. Yeah, the nature noises out here are amazing. There's not a lot of birds up in the mountains. It's very quiet. That's one thing. It's very calm. So yeah. just go out and, uh, yeah, especially if you live in the hustle bustle of a big city, take some time and get out in nature and just be uh, be with your thoughts. It's a, it's a very healthy thing to do, I think. It has been for me. So to close out with Aaron Bowles, we're within an hour of the highest point of the eastern part of the uh, east of the Mississippi, Mount Mitchell, so roughly 6,800 elevation, 6,800 feet. Um, we thought about going there this morning, and I put a poo-poo on that because I wasn't feeling well. Um, and it was raining too, so. Yeah, so, but that's nearby, both of us, so that's that's on the list. Yeah. We might be able to drive to the summit there, but maybe, yeah. maybe you could, maybe you could tow me on a rope and we could go up together i could yeah <laughs> if you ever want to drive to the top of a 14er pike's peak is one of the most popular i think in the country for okay. that so you can you can actually drive to the top <laughs> and be above fourteen thousand feet it's a very big tourist attraction here in america have wheels we'll summit that's right all right aaron bowles thank you lonnie thank you hours and hours of this but thankfully I'm dry